Good evening. Woo! Hello. It's Hello. been a long time. Hello, our fans, drug dealing bookers. Coming at ya. Woo! I'm Cheryl. I'm Tanisha. And Sherilyn. And we're here to review Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Delia. Oh, yeah. Oh, good Delia. job. Delia, Delia Owens. Owens. Yes. And I will give you a little quick synopsis. And uh, because I picked this book, so I'll give you the synopsis about the book. We start out with Kaya, who is, uh, what is she, six years old or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, six. And she lives with some brothers and sisters, and she's in a very abusive home with an abusive father and her a loving mother, but the father is abusive and an alcoholic to everybody. And the mother, one day, just decides to leave. And Kaya watches her go off, and it was a really heartbreaking scene as she just watches her mother walk off, and she keeps expecting her to turn around and and wave goodbye, but she never does. And anyway, that was heartbreaking. And then Kaya and her brothers and sisters are left with this abusive alcoholic father. Eventually, all the brothers and sisters leave, and then it's just Kaya left with this alcoholic, abusive father. And he sometimes stays at night at the house. Sometimes he doesn't. I don't believe he ever, ever sexually abused her. No, no. uh -uh, So it wasn't about sexual abuse, more physical and emotional abuse. And then he, at one point, just decides, he gets drunk. He gets a letter from the ex-wife and pisses him off so bad that he just takes off. So here's Kaya all alone by herself, seven years old or something around there. And she's in this swamp house by herself, trying to trying to figure out how to live, how to keep warm, how to feed herself, how to just survive, basically. And so Kaya decides that she's going to sell muscles to Jumpin, who is an owner of a store and restaurant that's there in the swamp, and she grabs her boat and she starts finding mussels. And I'm just winging this, by the way, <laughs> you can't tell. So she grabs mussels and she sells them to Jumpin, and Jumpin says, "Thanks for the mussels, there, Kyle." And then he takes the mussels and brings them home to the wife with, to his wife, Mabel. And Jumpin's a black man, by the way, which is important. I'm not just saying that. And his wife is a black woman and they live in the swamp in their black community. And so she takes the mussels and the... The gross smoked fish. Gross smoked fish. That's what mm-hmm. it was. I was trying to come up with that. And instead of selling them, like he tells Kaya they will, Mabel, the wife, comes back with a whole bunch of clothes and gives them to Kaya and says, everybody wanted that smoked fish so bad and they wanted to pay you with with this clothing. And so they gave her the clothing, even though the smoked fish, they just threw away. And so those two become Kaya's friends. And it's a... Kind of a touching friendship. And then Kaya meets a boy named Tate, which is her brother's friend. 
and they sort of strike up a, a relationship, not necessarily romantic, but just sort of this romantic tension. Mm-hmm. And then Tate goes to college and kind of distances himself a little bit when he's in college, and Kaya meets a boy from the, the town or the city named Chase. And Chase is sort of this rich guy in the city, and he's married, but he tells Kaya... No, he's not married yet. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's uh, he's engaged to be married. But he tells Kaya he's, that she's the one, and he just loves being with her, and his fiance is just another, I don't know, whatever, another of the, the same, and he's not into her. So they strike up this relationship and Chase comes out and he wants to be with her all the time. Um, but he doesn't want to have sex with her, which is kind of No, weird. he does. Kaya pushes it off for as long as she can until he's like, it's time. Like, they, oh, that's yeah, right. Tate okay. didn't want to have sex and with her. And then he tries Chase to rape does. her, basically, yeah. and yeah. she so, runs off. Yeah, Tate was the one that didn't want to push her into having sex, and he didn't want to do it because he's like, you're too young. Mm-hmm. Let's just wait off on it. Whereas Chase was, like, wanting to do it right away, but... Yeah, he was not. Oh, okay, that's right. That was yeah. Tate that didn't want to have sex with Yeah, Tate's okay. the one that liked hard to read and was, you know, nice and everything. Okay, and yeah. then, yeah, Chase okay. is the, the horn bag. Got it. <laughs> Chase wanted to have sex with her all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in fact, they did, right? Yeah, they did eventually, okay. and it was super unsatisfying. And it's interesting because in the book, she mentions that like all any sort of like foreplay and kissing like stopped. Mm-hmm. It was all just like after that, just wing bang done. Like there was no like tenoodling. Right. <laughs> Very <laughs> typical. This is funny. Anyway, sorry. Continue on. Okay. So she has this relationship with Chase. He tries to rape her, basically, at one point, and she runs off. And then that was sort of the beginning of the end of that relationship. And then Tate kind of comes back into the picture and helps her publish books because although she doesn't know how to read or... No, she knows how to read now. Because Tate taught her how to read. Yeah, yeah. But um, she had been painting pictures and studying the swamp and the marsh for all these years and painting all these pictures of the marsh creatures. And Tate helps her publish a book about the marsh creatures. And... Then there's a murder in the book, and the murder is of Chase, and he falls off of a watchtower, a fire watchtower in the marsh, and there are no footprints, there's no evidence of a murder, but Ed, Big Ed, decides it is a murder. He's the sheriff, and he decides that that murder really did take place because there's no footprints and no evidence, and it's obviously a murder. And so the trial goes on, and because Kaya was just a swamp rat, basically, mm-hmm. uh, the townsfolk already have decided that she's guilty of this murder, even though there's really no evidence of the murder at all. But they just decide mm-hmm. that she's just this dirty old swamp rat, and she mm-hmm. shouldn't have been hanging out with Chase in the first place. Definitely, she must have murdered him. 
Because, of course, you know, according to the town, Chase is the one that had to break it off with her and had to push her away. Yeah, rather yeah than she's so lucky. Right. To be she's so lucky. Chase rather. is the big football player and yeah. the big town guy that everybody Earth. thinks is so awesome. And so the story goes on where... What happens next? So, spoil- this is spoiler, if you haven't seen it. So, or if you haven't seen it. So, basically... Um, she gets pro bono uh, lawyer oh, right. that is able to to basically say, you know, all of this stuff that you're saying is evidence against her is actually for her. There's no fingerprints. Like, there's no footprints. You say that there was hair fibers. Well, how long could those hair fibers have been on his jacket for? Like, they did used to date, you know? Yeah. So all of this, all of this stuff. So she was eventually convicted as being, or not convicted, but set free and said that she was, it was innocent because her lawyer was basically saying, you guys are just being prejudiced against this poor woman that we abandoned in the swamp. We all knew her family was abusive. We all knew she was out there by herself. And now you're trying to, you know, say she murdered somebody. So they said that she was innocent, which was nice. And then, um, then she finally did let herself trust Tate again. And so they, they got together again and, uh, they never got officially married, but they did live together in the swamp. And, um, she eventually died out fishing when she was 64 and then uh, Tate was trying to find the will because since they weren't married, he didn't have any, like it didn't pass automatically to him, like the swamp. And so he was searching for a will in their house and he came across this loose board behind the oven. And um, in there, there's a bunch of poems. And throughout the book, Kaya always refers to these poems by this lady named Amanda. It's like, oh, it reminds me of the poem. You know, and it says some poem, and then it'll say Amanda by it. Well, it turns out she was the poet that was writing these. And so he comes across all of these poems that he had no idea that she was the poet behind all of these poems. And he finds one that was never published. And it details how she killed Chase. So in the end, it turns out she actually did murder Chase. Um, Booyah! Murder is not funny. Murder is which not funny. he deserves, by the way. But that's another story. <laughs> but basically, he had he had gotten kind of crazy, where it was like, if I can't have you, no one can, sort of mentality. Because he he had always loved her. He had always kept that necklace around his neck, and he wanted her like as a possession. She was his, and so he had tried to rape her, and she had fought him off. And, you know, she had said, you come do that, come near me and stuff like that again, I will kill you. And, of course, he's going to keep at it. So I think she just got ahead of it because he was never going to quit. He was obsessed with her. Yeah. I didn't remember that part where he is obsessed with her so much. I just thought that she got really pissed because he tried to rape her. And she was just like... Uh, no, that's not happening. Yeah, I just so remember when she, she like, like, ran away gonna, from him after that. I remember she was so you. scared. She kept, and like, running. And she said, don't come back. Don't you ever come near me again, or I will kill you. And then he kept coming near her. Yeah. Because I didn't get it as possession, but I just well, got it because do you remember what? I'm this awesome chase. Yeah, he's and lucky. I can do no, I not at all. Did you, you guys don't remember what he said when he was, like, trying to rape her? Uh-uh. He was like, you will ne- I will never let you go again. You're mine. 
Ooh, I don't oh, remember, I don't that. remember that. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. He was like very, and again, like he wore that necklace, that mm-hmm. shell necklace mm-hmm. when he was married. He had worn it this entire time. Like, yeah, he, he, I don't know if it was love, but he really was into her. And yeah, and I think that that's the part that scared him was that scared Kaya was like, he tried to rape her, but also that he was so like, you're mine. Yeah. There's, mm-hmm. you're not getting away from Right, she mind. knew that that was her, and, and she, she was, was all about survival. Like this wild yeah. creature. I mean, yeah, she wanted kind of to be the, the picture well, of Kaya that I got was that she was this wild swamp creature, basically, because she, she, she was independent. She basically mm-hmm. lived in the swamp, survived on her own, and so, yeah, she well, was just wild little Tarzan creature. And if you remember, he had actually came and looked for her after that, and she had hid. Tarzan creature. <laughs> That's horrible. But he had he had come to her swamp area and was looking for her even after the rape, yeah. trying to find her. And she was hit. Yeah, I remember she was hiding. Yeah, so he was going to keep after her. Like he was, he wasn't going to let this go. Yeah. And so I think that that's why she um, felt the need that she had to murder him. Um, so that's our. Uh, so that's synopsis. the synopsis of the. Yeah. I was going to say the swamp creature, but it's actually. <laughs> oh, oh my god! god. It's so tonight to shout out two of my favorite wineries. Okay. My very favorite winery of Woodward Canyon in Walla Walla for Cabernets. Mm. You cannot get a better Cabernet. That was delicious. This was was actually not all that delicious because... I really liked it even though you thought I dumped it out because I pounded it. This was... (laughs) This one was a 2012 Artist Series Cabernet and it was good, but I stored it upright in the dining room that gets kind of warm, and it's been there for several years, so it's not because Boulder Canyon was was a bad wine. Well, you ought to try their real wines that have been stored correctly, because they're great. Mm. The next wine, Cascade Cliffs. Once again, I love Cascade Cliffs, and I'm a member, and this is their 2018 Sangiovese. Mm, It's really good. I like it because it's not as expensive as their Barberas, which are awesome. Oh, yeah, we featured their Barbera in one of our other episodes. It's just kind of a nice table wine. It's a screw top. But it's good. Hey, it's good. It's good. It's good. Top. Screw tops are nice because you don't have to have a wine opener. So, well, plus you don't have to enter down one thing. Side note: We are sitting outside around a fire, so not sure if you guys can hear the flames or not. But it's nice and cozy where we are. The ambiance is beautiful. We're sitting at this beautiful fire table, all cozied up in blankets, mm. and we have our wine. Because, and- because we're being socially responsible, yes. we are keeping our physical distance, we're meeting outdoors still, and we're I not canoodling. Mind this, but one of our members has lost somebody very close to them to COVID, so it's really not just a made-up thing. That's and real, we, this is real. And mm-hmm. so that's why we're meeting outside and we're meeting distance. a little bit late. Yeah. Yep, and you can late. still see people. You just have to be smart about it. You know, like yeah. right now we're all sitting on opposite sides and we're not super close to each other. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're still living life, but being safe about it. 
Yeah. It doesn't take a brainiac <laughs> to make it work, people. And Nor- I'm even not even hugging people, which is is really I bet hard, it's hard for, for you. Yeah, yeah, it hard. is so hard to not hug people. <laughs> I keep doing the ah, ah, never mind. So weird. Like, do you remember the superstar where she like puts yeah. her hands in her Under armpits? Her. Yeah. That's gonna be me now. Like, hi. Yeah, never mind. Uh, in my armpits to yeah, avoid your it's hug. It's kind of a sad. I don't like this. It's sad, and yeah. you know. And I, my niece, the other day was with my mom, and she coughed in the other room, and she came running out, and she said, "Grandma, I coughed." Oh, oh because you know everybody's so hypersensitive so about, about coughing and all of that. So. Yeah, it's just a man. What a weird time! It's a especially weird now time. it's flu season and cough and cold season. So, you know, people have colds, but yeah, know, how do you know the difference? That, yeah, like, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Scary. But the it's reason scary. I mentioned that about our um, about one of us losing a family member to COVID is just because I want people to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's not something that's going to go away now that the election's over. It's a real thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. If you care about your loved ones, you know, the most of us, the majority of us are, you know, decently healthy. We feel like, oh, it's no big deal. But it's the, you know, like, it's the ones in your family that aren't and the matriarchs of your family. And you yes. don't want to lose them because you were too selfish to take it serious. My yeah. uncle has said nobody ever knew anybody that died of COVID until they did. Yep. It's very true. I mean, I feel like I feel like I never downplayed it. I've always felt it was serious, but yeah. then now that my loved ones died, it's like it, it it's just even more real. It just makes yeah. it more personal. Like it's just, you know, I mean, we had to say goodbye to him in uh on FaceTime. Well, I didn't get a Yeah, so like it was my grandpa that passed away and my grandma when she died a couple years ago, we all sat at her bedside for 5 days as she died and brushed her hair and mm-hmm. held her hand and we sang her songs you know and hymnals and we read from the bible for her we did all these things we brought people in to pray over her and to be with her in her last moment she was surrounded by no less than 10 people yeah. telling her all of the things they love about her and my grandpa died you know luckily he wasn't alone he had gotten out of the contagious he'd been in the hospital for so long he wasn't contagious anymore so he luckily at the end was held out long enough to be surrounded by um some some family members but like the rest of us we couldn't be there with him we had to say goodbye over facetime and that's that's awful that's what's really hard you can't be there so it's serious people well and i will say too just working in the healthcare field we've seen patients with it and it is a real thing i promise you seeing seeing you know these young in their 40s on innovation and on you know these machines so that they can breathe is just oh that's crazy it's heartbreaking because they shouldn't they shouldn't anyway moving on you guys are to make me cry okay anyway (laughs) no crying because if you cry then i'll cry cheryl's gonna cry all right let's get on to where the crawdads sing Woo! all right and actually speaking of crying this book actually did make me cry in two places it was sad yeah they're really I mean, me really too. Sad. Yeah, I really love jumping. So when he passed away, I was like devastated. Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay, so in this book, the two people that I absolutely fell in love with was jumping, but even more than jumping, his wife Mabel. Me- oh, I loved yeah, Mabel. I absolutely beautiful loved people. Mabel. And I, in the book, I did bookmark some places. This is. Uh, Part where I just absolutely love. I'm bringing up my Kindle, but let me. This let is such a neat coming you. of age. You know, like I, was, yeah. 
I'm the same way. Like, I feel like this was the indie movie mm-hmm. of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it was like that type of book of books. Like, I love indie movies because it's not always super crazy things that happen. Sometimes it's just watching. I feel just like indie life. movies are just life. Just life. And they're just sometimes beautiful stories of what mm-hmm. it means to be a human and what it means to be a member of a community or a member of a family or a member mm-hmm. of survival. And I feel like that's what this book was, was it really was the indie film of novels. And I really liked that it wasn't like anything... Out of all the books we've read, it wasn't like some crazy plot twist, twist. Plot yeah. twist that I normally love. Yeah. It was almost simplistic in a beautiful it was way. Beautiful. Yeah. And I was going to tell you, I listened to her a couple episodes ago and I said the word beautiful about 40 times. <laughs> no joke. Me and my husband really? died laughing. <laughs> we did the starless scene. Now, in our defense, yeah. while Cheryl's looking for this clip, in our defense, we were drinking cocktails during that episode. But we, you and me, said, oh, this book is beautiful. It, it was, was so beautiful. All oh, the imagery was so beautiful. And my husband looked at me. He's like, it was so beautiful. It was and so beautiful. We were dying. And I was like, wow, we said beautiful so You know many what? Times. That so book was beautiful. We are not going to say beautiful. <laughs> okay. This book was not beautiful. It was- it was it was mesmerizing majestic majestic <laughs> okay i found my part that okay. i wanted to read about mabel this okay. this is what mabel is all about and this is why i fell in love with her this is the part um where kaya was bringing in some things to jump in and let me see if i can set this up so i think this is mabel saying now, Miss Kaya, we got a family who will trade clothes and other stuff you need for your smoke fish. Kaya nodded, smiled at her feet, then asked, What you gas for my boat? Mabel turned question eyes at jumping. Well, now, he said, I'll give you some today, because I know you're short, but you keep bringing in mussels and such when you can. Mabel said in her big voice, Lord, child, let's don't worry none about the details. Now let me look at you. I gotta calculate your size to tell them. She led her into the tiny shop. Let's sit right here and you tell me what clothes and what else y'all need. After they discussed the list, Mabel traced Kaya's feet on a piece of brown paper bag and said, Well, come back tomorrow and there'll be a stack here for you. I'm much obliged, Mabel. Then her voice low said, There's something else. I found these old packages of seeds, but I don't know about gardening. Well, now, Mabel leaned back and laughed deep in her generous bosom. (laughs) I can sure do a garden. She went over every step in great detail, then reached into some cans on the shelf and brought out squash, tomato, and pumpkin seeds. She folded each kind into some paper and drew a picture of the vegetable on the outside. Kaya didn't know if Mabel did this because she couldn't write or because she knew Kaya couldn't read, but it worked fine for both of them. She thanked them as she stepped onto her boat. I'm glad to help you. Now come on back tomorrow for your things, Mabel said. That afternoon, Kaya started hoeing in the garden where Ma's garden. Anyhow, it goes on, and thats I think that's the scene where I just fell in love with Mabel. She... She just, like, took charge and was like, I'm taking care of this girl. How can we make it so she's taken care of, but she doesn't feel like she's getting, 
charity. She did it with dignity. Yeah. Like she let Kaya keep her dignity and not feel like a charity case, mm-hmm. but really found a way to help her. Like, and that's what I, you know, yeah. this story was so cool because the story itself was great. You know, like just face value was good, but I love that it really goes into all these social issues of stereotypes and people being, um, really unkind to people who they think are below them. You know, we have sometimes in the U S we are really, uh, have this elitist attitude of some people do. And I noticed that that seems to be growing a lot. And I noticed that in this book, it was like, wow, like I totally see people do this. Like, you know, sometimes people may treat homeless people that way. You know, they see a lot of it and how people I've had conversations when me and my husband have talked about, we've, we had a time where we were like, let's start making sandwiches and go to Portland and start feeding people that are homeless there. There's a huge problem there. And we'd have people be like, that's ridiculous. People can feed themselves. And we had people like really upset with us that we'd even consider thinking that. that. And it's just, yes, so many, it was shocking. And it's really can tell a lot about a person by how they, they act towards people they feel are beneath them. And this book was a lot of watching a community look at this poor Marsh girl as an outcast and yes. really look at her almost as villainous when really this is a poor sweet girl that should have like, mm. why does she not have a loving family and people there to help her? And yeah. I couldn't believe the the sheriff and the schools giving up on her. Like they would oh, go out because they realized she wasn't in school. So they were going out and trying to get her to like force her to go to school. And she went to school one day and was bullied so awful and nobody stopped it. They just mm-hmm. let her people bully her. And then they would go out and like try to look for her and she'd run away. And then they finally just gave up. Like really? Like this is or, a girl. You know, something up? that really spoke to me was one time Kaya went into town mm-hmm. and, and saw Chase, I think. And mm-hmm. Chase's mother came out. And oh, just completely dissed her and Chase's friends, and they were just like, "Oh, the swamp rat!" Yeah, and get away from her. Well, there was. This is what this part made me think. I mean, it really made me think about myself. And I mean, you know, you talk about life-changing books, Tanisha, and I don't know if this is life-changing, but it definitely made me take a look at myself and go, "You know what? I'm not so sure that I wouldn't act the same way." You know, I've honestly, if I'm going to be completely honest with myself and with you guys, I'm not sure that if I was in that, I don't know that I wouldn't act the same way. Oh, even here, I don't think so. Even here in this little town of some homeless person came up to me. But if it was a child. Yeah, if it was like some dirty child. But at this point, she wasn't a child, I don't think. I think she was in a... Oh, I think they happened multiple times. Yeah, it happened when she was a child. Which time did the child definitely, I wouldn't have done that. But But when when she grew up, I was thinking, you know what? I am not so sure that I wouldn't have reacted that way. And it's no fault of hers because the way she grew up and it made me think... You don't know people's stories. That's the thing we don't. And I, I'm so, I keep hearing people tell me that, oh, they choose to be homeless. They don't feel bad for the homeless people. They choose yeah. that. I understand a lot of them do. And I get that. But to stereotypically, this book just showed me, and to me, it made me think of that yeah. because I hear it so much of people choose that. We don't need to do anything for them. I understand not walking up and handing them money. Mm-hmm. I get that. But it doesn't mean you should have human decency. They deserve a meal just like you do. And I just, um, it made me think of like, we don't, not everybody chooses that. And we don't know that they weren't given the same tools as us to cope in life. Life is not easy. 
If you say it is, you're a liar. <laughs> or just wait because your shit show's coming. Yeah. Like, just wait. <laughs> don't get out of life unscathed. 18 or 19. Exactly. So, yeah. And like... So, well, I mean, in this book, it really did make me think about that also, mm, that we just yeah. don't know people's stories. And Kaya, mm. nobody knew that she grew up the way she grew up with this abusive father and then she had to raise herself figure out how to survive literally figure out how to survive how to eat how to keep warm um i just don't know and so that really changed me but then i wanted to read one other part about where the, the black and white community coming together just really kind of touched me with mabel she um do you have it there with you i do okay and I'm trying to figure out where to start, though. She says, I will, thank you. Jumpin', jumpin' hurried up the wharf and disappeared as Kaya waited, glancing out in the bay every few seconds, dreading another boat coming in. But in no time, he was back, saying some kids had got gone to get Mabel. Kaya should just wait a spell. Oh, because Kaya needed to speak to Mabel. She came up and she's asked She had started she said, her period. Oh, you weren't supposed to say that. That was uh, a spoiler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Kaya starts her periods at some point spoiler. in <laughs> Anyway, so she wanted, she had to speak to Mabel and jump and busied himself unpacking packets of chewing tobacco on the shelves and generally doing around. Kaya stayed in her boat. Finally, Mabel hurried across the boards, which shook with her swing as if a small piano were being pushed down the wharf. Carrying a paper bag, she didn't bellow out a greeting as she would have otherwise, but stood on the wharf above Kaya and said quietly, Morning, Miss Kaya. What's all this about, child? What's wrong, hon? Kaya dropped her head more, mumbled something Mabel couldn't hear. Can you get out of that boat, or should I get in there with you? Kaya didn't answer, so Mabel, almost 200 pounds worth, stepped one foot, then the other, onto the small boat, which complained by bumping against the piling. She sat down on the center bench, facing Kaya at the stern. Now, child, tell me what's wrong. The two leaned their heads together, Kaya whispering, and then Mabel pulled Kaya right over to her full bosom, hugging and rocking her. Kaya was rigid at first, not accustomed to yielding to hugs, but this didn't discourage Mabel. And finally, Kaya went limp and slumped against the the comfort of those pillows. After a while, Mabel leaned back and opened the brown paper bag. Well, I figured what's wrong, so I brought you some things. And there, sitting in the boat at Jumpin's Wharf, Mabel explained the details to Kaya. Now, Miss Kaya, this ain't nothing to be ashamed of. It ain't no curse, like folks say. This here's the starting of all life, and only a woman can do it. You're a woman now, baby. And so, anyhow, that part where she pulled her into her bosom, I just thought, oh, that just reminds me of the stereotypical big old black lovely woman who just grabs someone and just loves everybody. Yeah. And just pulls just really warm. And yeah, I just love that part. Well, I think that the other part too was the part where, um, I think it was jumping those like white boys were calling him like all sorts of racist names and like, following them through. Do you remember that part? Yeah, the white boys were following him and like throwing rocks at him and stuff. It was awful. I just, it was such, it was a good book because it it addressed multiple Mm -hmm. issues. It is not only always a race issue, it's also an economic status issue. Like it it was good about facing those head on and then showing that different people reunite in their hardship of the going through Well, and I think it was interesting because 
Jumpin' was trying to teach Kaya that too because Kaya felt that from the entire town about being, you know, segregated and not well liked. But she didn't see this whole color thing that the other town saw. And so Jumpin' also had to tell her because she had wanted to go to, you know, the, I can't remember what, what they called like the black side of town or something. Um, and he, you know, he had to tell her like, that's not a good idea. Like, you yeah, know, you right. shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. And she's like, why? Well, cause she had no idea, yeah. but, and I think that he had to kind of teach her a little bit. And she was able to see that when she, she was following jumping to go to the town anyway. And she saw those stupid little white boys throwing stuff and like taunting him. And it just cracked me up because she ended up like cracking him across the head. <laughs> yeah, and, I love that. Uh, yeah, like, just go. just She's right wild. Away. Yeah, but it was nice because I think she she knew that they always had her best interest at heart. Like them saying to her, you know, you can't come visit us, Miss Kaya. Was it because they didn't love her? It was. You know, because they you can't come here because you're white. Yeah, you, you can't come here. Like even yeah, to keep her safe. Yeah, yeah. she didn't understand. Yeah, what you just goes think to of show the... racism is taught, right? And and social. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. You know, against people that. It's really it's really ignorant. Yeah. It's not being educated to understand that people are people and we should love each everybody, no matter what. And we yeah. are all guilty of it in some way or Racism is taught classism is a word. Yeah. Right? Well it was, it was interesting even I thought that the the author really portrayed as well was when she was in town and that little cute little girl came up and was talking to Kaya because she's an innocent little child. She yeah, just sees somebody good. new and wants to talk to she's him. Like a friend. I love that yes. too. Yes. And Kaya's kind of like, oh, you know, oh, this is kind of fun. And then the mother comes across like, don't you talk to her. Okay, yes. that's like, the it was part where horrible. I was thinking, you know what, I'm not so sure I wouldn't do kind of the same thing. But it was. And it made me start thinking about myself. I mean, I'm being oh, I'm even totally with, honest. No, and and Good. No, I mean, it's good to think about, guys, but. but I thought that what the author did really well was he he brought it up again later, or she brought it up again later, where that stuck with Kaya throughout the entire course of her How life. How it not, man? Like, that would be so traumatic yes. that obviously there's something wrong with you, yeah. you know, or like people think there's something wrong with you mm -hmm. and that you're not worthy of even just human interaction. You're not even worthy to talk How, to a child. Yeah, like... Yeah. That was so sad. That was that was that was. So, what did you guys think of the writing style? I I loved it. I mean, I thought it was just great. Yeah. There's one part in there where I thought it was. Uh, go ahead. You were gonna say something. Well, I actually listened to this book um, maybe through like halfway. I was uh, having a hard time like getting into it, and um, I was trying to crochet a blank at the same time. So I was like. <laughs> Okay, so let's kind of kill two birds. So I bought it on audio as well, and I was listening to it. And it was really good, but it was a little bit too slow for me. Um, I mean, it was nice to have accents and stuff. But when it got to, like, the, the sort of sexy times, or, like, I was like, I can't, I can't listen to this. What? I've never I'm sorry. listened to an audio book sexual time. I can't, I can't funny? do it. No, I had to stop. I was like, mm -mm, I cannot, I cannot do this. This is not happening. So I, I purposely <laughs> want to hear it. Yeah, so I was like, nope. Okay, so then at that point, I read the rest of it, because I'm like, I, I just can't. <laughs> I Man, can't you should have had a this. segment so we could have played that on our podcast. Oh, no. Like, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just, it wasn't bad or anything, but 
it's just it's uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable it's just i don't know it's just, like watching a sex scene with your parents like on tv you know like yeah, watching a movie is. with a sex scene yeah, with your parents and you're like something about mary with my mom and dad <laughs> <laughs> that's but it was just you know because a lot of times when you read books you kind of have your own feeling and stuff in there and you can kind of slow things down or whatever at their pace, but yeah. you know I slow. You're like, I'm really gonna savor this sex scene here. <laughs> well, or even I'm why, or even <laughs> just like the first kissing scene between like her and Tate, and it just she was talk when she was talking about it. It just how oh, I don't know. I just it makes me even uncomfortable just well, thinking about it. The reader too. It could we're be, but the audio I was just like, I can't. So then I just switched to doing um, reading it myself because I was like, oh, if there's any sort of kissing and sexy times in here, I cannot listen to this from some <laughs> somebody reading it. This is not gonna work. So then I switched over to to reading it, and but it was really good. I was able to get through it a lot faster because the lady seemed to really kind of be a little bit slow. But yeah, um, no, I enjoyed it. I liked that it instantly started out with the murder. Like, the very first opening chapter is oh, yeah. them finding the body. I had and forgot I kinda, about that until later oh, that I went back. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like that because, um, not that I'm intrigued by murder, but I just, I like that it started but out. you kinda, are. I am. <laughs> I am not with the act, just, I don't know, whatever. But, um... <laughs> I like that it started out with, like, there was a mystery twist in the beginning. And mm-hmm. then it was like, okay, the whole book, I'm like, where does the murder come in? Like, right. and it would go back and forth to the sheriffs. And yeah. I'm like, okay. But I liked it because it was, like, two stories in one. And I knew that they were going to collide, but I couldn't mm-hmm. figure it out for a while. And so it was kind of, I liked that. That was yeah. fun. Well, yeah. part of the, the very first part of the book, there was a place that I just thought, oh, I know I'm going to like this. Where the author wrote, swish, she struck the match, lit the candle, and the blackness retreated to the corners. And I thought, that's such cool imagery when yeah. you give the blackness a human form. Yeah. And yeah. it retreated to the corners. And so you could just see this blackness retreating to the corners. And I thought, oh, I'm going to like this author. I'm going to like how she writes because she knows how to write. Yeah. No, I, I really like the, the writing. I very much connect with Kaya. And it made me so sad that you were kind of a wild marsh. No, I kept it with her in that. Like, I I felt so hurt for her when when Tate like betrayed her. Yes, pretty much everybody had left her, and I was so upset. I was so upset. I was too. I was like, Tate, I better not see you with the rest of this book because Tate like understood everything she'd went through, and he had done so much to be the only person kind to her. So for him to show this character defect of being a total like jerk was really sad because, and I just pictured her. You know, we've all I I feel like we've all been the girl waiting for a void to call. you sit by the phone now girls don't even have to yeah. do this anymore but we've all been you know like i remember back in our day like you sit waiting. by the phone waiting and every call that called you didn't have call yeah. waiting you didn't have call id right. so you know who was you pick it up and you're like oh yes it's mom it's for you and it was such a gut-wrenching moment and i just picture her being on that beach waiting for him to show up on july 4th and he never shows up and she waited there for like day after day he never came, and there's no way to call him. She doesn't have the means to just sit there with all the Well, so, it wasn't. Yeah. It was heart wrenching. It wasn't even that. It. Was, I mean, it was heart wrenching that it was like her first love, but it was that it was and her it was all only, that she had. It was her only social outlet, and he just 
pulled that. Yeah, and and it just oh, it tore me up. And I was, was really I sad. was crying when like she ran to the to the seagulls who were basically her her family. Like you know, they were like her comfort. She'd go and you know surround herself with seagulls, and I just was so devastated. I was crying. I was so upset. What day? I was. I too. was so upset. I was, I was like, "How could you do that to her?" And then I was trying to, you know, like you know, he's only nineteen. Yeah, like, like he he's a kid. And you go too. off to college, and that's the way things you know, go. I mean, I, he's got... I told that to myself too. But, but then I just, I was like. Oh but he could have at least said, you know, I've kind of moved on a little bit. But still yeah, be the friends. unknown. Like, I just, that would be so gut-wrenching and hurtful. And it's one thing, like, if you have yeah. girlfriends and you have friends and so you can, like, yeah, oh, that guy was just a jerk. But when you're just all alone and that's your only connection to the outside world and to just be abandoned, like, yeah. you would just feel such yeah. betrayal. Your, your dad, yeah. your mom abandoned you. Your dad abandoned you. All your siblings left you to be abused. Yeah. Like, you've had to completely take care of yourself. Finally, the first person to show you warmth and kindness and interest in your interests and your first love interest just abandons you and never shows up with any word. Like, what complete gotcha devastation. And that was what she had told me. was like, you didn't even say goodbye. It wasn't the fact that he had left so much. It it was she. She was just hurt that he had just, it was abandonment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just like her mother had done, like. And her dad. And she just. Yeah, over and over. <sighs> it was so and that sad. Was, and that was, I will say, one of the critiques I have of this book is that, and I don't know circumstances, and I'm sure that this has actually happened, but for me, I found it hard to believe that nobody took her with them. Yeah. Like, her her older siblings all left, and then Jody left. Not one of them took her. Yeah, with like them. why would you not take your why sibling? Why would Jody just go? Well, and Jody was Sorry. only like eleven or something, go. so he probably but you was think like, you'd "Take your sibling and be like, yes. hey, let's go out together." Yeah, I felt the same way. I'm like, really, everyone's just gonna leave her there by herself. And the older siblings, like, I am sorry, I'm I'm ten and twelve years older than my youngest yes. siblings. If they were being abused, I don't care if I was just eighteen and they were, you know, like eight and six. I would have most definitely figured it out. And it would have taken them with me to never leave them to go through what I went through. Well, I kind of understood the old ones because they're kind of going, oh, well, I'm going to leave. But there's still those guys. They're they're still back there. They'll take care of each other. And so as each one leaves, well, they'll take care of each other. But Jody, I was really pissed at Jody. Jody, Jody. don't just go... Kaya, I'm leaving. One day you'll understand. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay, now that you understand, take me with you, you jerk. You guys are basically the same right. age. It's not like you're no, and that, going to something. I was really upset about that, too, because I feel like they have the closest relationship. But Jody was so young. And I was more angry with the older siblings. Yeah. That they should have communicated with each other and they should have been like, you know what, let's all leave. Let's come up with a plan to take care of our, our family. Like, but let's how? And you figure they it out. No I don't phone. Know. They had, you know, how could they Well, they should have. Well, like, like, before they, they left. Initially left. Before they, they left, they're like, hey. They should have to get everybody with yeah. 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 yeah, let's yeah, all true. leave. Let's yeah. just do a let's mass leave. How about we mass leave and go and try and find mom? If it's too much for me as an 18-year-old to handle the abuse, why would I leave a 6-year-old there? Like well, and they they knew the story of their of their mother and where she originally came from, so I'm sure at least one of them went to go look for her or do something. I just don't know. Like as the oldest sibling, I'd have been like, "Okay, 
Let's all, we are all taking Most off. definitely. Mom left, let's all leave. We are going to sit on Father, pull all life. of his yeah. money out of his wallet, and we are, all of us, well, going to go yeah. try I and see. I guess in hindsight, you know, we have the benefit of hindsight. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what you should have done. But, I mean, if you really put yourself in that position, you know, kids, they just, they're just selfish. Kids are selfish, and they're just out for themselves. So would you really, I mean, maybe you would have, but but you think of the majority of kids, they're just out for themselves, and so well, I just think, leave it. I, I feel like if myself. you're abused, I don't know, man, though. I feel like you've grown up so much more if you've been through, like, a grown-up childhood like that. You're yeah. not really a child mentality anymore. You've had to clearly take care of yourself and go through all these things. You're a little bit more grown up than most children would be. would be naive of growing up in the silver spoon. I just, it was shocking to me too. I kept reading it as an oldest sibling yeah. of three younger siblings sitting there going, really? Like, you're just no going to leave. I felt the same yeah. way. I was like, that's really Well, and I felt the same way that they left Jody too, because he shouldn't have been the only one left to take care of of her yeah. either. I mean, he was only like 11 or something and he finally got beat. And then he's like, you know what? I don't think dad will touch you, but he's going to keep beating me and I can't stay here. I mean, and he, he even told her, like, I had nothing. Like, I had to, he had, he had to join the army and do all sorts of stuff. Of course, then to bring it back, we're just talking about a work of fiction here. So, I know, but I'm just saying. If happened, then <laughs> the book would be over. Yeah, right. <laughs> there wouldn't be Right, a very true. But, yeah. I know, I'm just saying, though, no. it doesn't seem realistic that yeah, everybody that, would have left this six-year-old. woman who did not like this book because she said it was so in, unrealistic. She thought the unrealistic part was that a seven-year-old was was surviving by herself, which, yeah, as we no. discussed before this podcast, no. that's the way it is. That's the way it is. There's a lot of kids here in America and all over the world yeah. that have to fend for themselves. Yeah. Like, they have yeah. parents that maybe are drug addicts or parents who are alcoholics or yeah. parents who are just non-existent. And they're having to take care of themselves. Five, and it's amazing. Six, seven year old kids. It so is amazing what a kid that age can grow up and take No. Yeah, they, they adapt if you have to, you have to. I mean, it even went through the book, which I thought was really well, where it was like, she didn't know how to care for herself and cook things. Like, she burnt the crap <laughs> out of the stuff. And you know what? There was no one there to fix it. To so she had to, yeah. She had no idea how to make yeah. it. So she had to, she had it to out. yeah. So she Lots had to eat it. Air. You know, she had to eat what the burnt stuff. Character. Yeah. You know, like. She had to eat just leaves and stuff for a while because she didn't know how to garden. And yeah. then, I mean. It's it's a learning. She was pure strength. I mean, what a what a not beautiful. What an amazing character of, of like she was just strong. Yeah, you know she yeah. became this feisty, independent, strong woman that really mm-hmm. didn't take any BS and stuff for herself, and then ended up making a way for herself by you know publishing the books of the Marshland. Like I just mm-hmm. I like that it was almost a, a like a coming of age story, and mm-hmm. that it showed her kind of go through all these like getting kicked when you're you know you're down already and and kind of overcoming it and then especially at the yeah, end you know like she really, really she murdered chase like, after you he are did not that, do that to and me. she yeah, lived I'm her gonna... life and then it turns out at the end she really did yeah. do it got away with it you know push you up the fire town <laughs> <laughs> i see it's so interesting that like her her life of seclusion to her townspeople saw like they saw her as some weird secluded like hermit but to like the academic world, and she was an expert. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I love. And that then, what too. did you guys it think is, about yes. how everybody like, like, especially like for her funeral, everyone showed up. 
Mm-hmm. And then once she became like, like all of a sudden people were like, oh, she was amazing. And it was like, how dare how you? How dare you? Don't how dare that. you? You literally now spat on this little. She she's amazing, yeah. but in life, you would yeah, never. Yeah, you treat her as worse than garbage. Yeah, you didn't yeah. even let your kids acknowledge her. But it was good too, because like her mom was an artist, so her mom taught her how to paint. And so it kind of all came together. So it was her, mar- her mom teaching her how to be artistic and then. Tate taught her how to read because she would draw such intricate pictures and her seclusion. I just thought that that was just, it was just so perfect and it's so true where like you look at that weirdo and you're like, God, he's just obsessed with that one thing. What a weirdo. And then when, when you're older and stuff, they're like, oh, that, they're the expert. Yeah, for sure. And all of a sudden they're like revered. And Mm -hmm. I just, I just love that, that all of a sudden like she was the expert. Okay. So I did not know when I picked this book, Mm -hmm. what it was about at all. But when I was reading it, Tanisha, I was thinking, okay, Tanisha always likes the books where there is the strong protagonist. Yes, you do. Thank you. Always are like, oh, she was weak. Ah, she was terrible. Ah, she was weak. Hated this character. I was like, okay, here is a strong woman. It was a very strong woman. I, like I said before, I loved her. I, I felt so horrible. I was like, there with her when Tate treated her poorly, and I was like rooting her on like honey just open up and trust again he really is yes. sorry he was a kid too oh, he yes. was he, he was lovely and he like, was so patient he was just a kid he really he because he like came back and said i'm sorry but he stayed there for he like years yeah. he like owned it and he really tried to kind of make you know which that's was, really where we're all at we all i like yeah. at some point i'm gonna piss you guys off yeah. and i hope that you guys know me well enough that I love you, yeah. and you, you mean know, a lot, and I will humbly so say I'm sorry. It's like, to forgive somebody who asks for it. Totally. Yeah. Or shows humility. Like, yeah. but there's I, nothing wrong yeah. with being, you know. I just humility. loved him, too, because he was just so, he was so patient with her. Yeah, he really was. He really let her have her time to think, even after, you know, it took her years, even after he came back, uh, to come in. So it, it just was... That was beautiful. Yeah. It was really good. Like I say, this one actually made me cry a couple times, and I loved a lot of the characters, and even the characters I disliked. Um, I disliked them because they were... Yes, exactly. I was meant to. They were written that way to be such pieces of of crap and... (laughs) Garbage. They were just utter garbage. So let's get to the rating system. Oh, yeah. Tanisha, you came to the rating... I did. You came up with a rating system, and then we should rate this book. Okay, so I base this on um, the seagulls gave me the inspiration. So she often went out to the seagulls on the beach. And um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but uh, seagulls dung contains quite a lot of E. coli. And it's actually been found to be very drug resistant. So they'll Ew. have drug resistant E. coli. Ew. Yeah. Which I did not know that. not want to go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's actually in some places. Don't eat it. Yeah, don't eat it. <laughs> There's been some places um, where they'll have, like, dogs that'll, they have, like, dogs on watch that'll just keep chasing the birds and stuff off so people can go out. Because obviously, you know, if you touch it, it's not a... cool. I want to go out there. (laughs) If you touch it, it's not such a big deal, but, like, if you ingest it... That's what my kids do at the beach. They run around and chase seagulls. They get hired. Marla loves seagulls. Right? But anyway, so it's it's just kind of one of these concerns where it's becoming resistant to, you know, the antibiotics that we have available. And anyway, so this kind of got me on treatment for E. coli. So um, what I went with is I went with uh, treatment 
for BSBL producing, which means extended spectra of beta lactamase producing bacteria, and also extended spectrum beta lactamase. Yes. Yeah. And then also it when they're resistant to the carbapenems or the carbapenemase resistant resistant. So it's I called yes almost nothing. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> so these are C R E E S B L E. coli. Okay. Treatment. Okay. okay. Uh, super specific. Ooh, super specific. Okay. So start so, with the least to the most. Well, the so, one to five. so what I, what I did was this is based for treatment. We'll say for un- uncomplicated UTI because okay. normally E. coli is in the yeah. feces and you accidentally, F-C-U-T-I. you know, wipe wrong. That's yeah. everything. Okay. <clears throat> Don't wipe like back to front. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so my rating system is going to be based on one is going to be the first thing that okay, you'll try. Wait, so is this UTI treatment then? Is that yes. kind of what you're doing? Okay. Yeah, so this is UTI, UTI treatment. It is super specific. Because yes. E. coli is frequently the bacteria that causes UTIs. Yes, and it's very common UTI. Yeah, urinary tract sepsis, traveler's diarrhea, all sorts of stuff too. But anyway, this is specifically for UTI. Um, so the first option... Uh, Usually that will go with, so this is number one, the first one that they okay. usually jump on top of is going to be uh, Bactrim or sulfamethazoxazole and yep. trimethoprim. Yep. Okay. The number two option is going to be nitrofurantoin. Wait, is this like, what's number five? Like a So number five. You can't get to five yet. Okay. You have to listen. Oh, okay. So I'm saying like in order of, if you were to go to someone, these would be sort of the order of how they would treat you. Okay, Based so on is the number one going to be a five it's the lowest. for the book? No. No, it'd be the lowest. Okay. Yeah. So number five is going to be like uh, super resistant. Do you know what oh. I mean? Like you're having to kind of go to like fifth line. The most powerful. Does that make sense? Oh, well, not okay. Powerful. So a five rating of the book. Stop interrupting me. <laughs> She's getting there. Just let me finish. Okay, just go ahead on this. Okay. Oh, one, which is the lowest rating. Okay, so, the... so, or... Okay, so if you come in with a UTI with these, most likely you'll be prescribed Bactrim. That's okay. most likely what yes. you'll, what and you'll then go with. And that's like and the then shut up. And oh then number my two, stop, Cheryl. The number two is nitrofurantoin, which is usually if Bactrim is not prescribed, this is the one that'll be prescribed. Number three is ciprofloxacin or cipro, which mm-hmm. can be prescribed. This does have resistance, though. Some of the E. coli has resistance to this. So that's why it's not chosen first. Okay. Okay, number four is phosphomycin, mm-hmm. which is usually just a one, one-time one treatment, yep. one and done. However, there is also resistance to this, which is why it's not first-line treatment. Okay. Okay. Number five is going to be, if you're having a, if you're having problems with all this stuff, they're going to have to jump you onto the aminoglycoside train, which is going to be like amicacin. Which is IV. Ooh. Oh, wow! Nice. That's like if you are hospitalized for sepsis. Well, no, this is this is even if you have a UTI, but all of this other stuff Ooh, is resistant really? to. I've never, yeah. I've never seen wow. anybody who. Well, hopefully you has don't a have UTI so bad that I just have to be hospitalized yeah. <laughs> for amicacin. Okay, so number one sepsis. Okay. Is all right. Number so number one is like first line treatment, yeah. and that would Bacrobid. be. Okay, but how are we Cipro, phosphomycin, 5 is aminoglycoside. <laughs> Seriously? Do we have to explain numbers? Oh, oh my god. See the faces on you. You just pick no, you just pick numbers and we'll tell you a drug. 
So number number one is that it's like the, the lowest. It'd be the, the worst song. rating you can give the book. So yeah. that's worst rating. The okay. worst rating is number yeah. one. Bactrim or Septra is worst rating. Is worst rating, yeah, okay. because it's the and then the best easiest. rating so is you nitro, have a flaming UTI. Amicacin would be the best. Yeah, because yes. okay. you've got like yeah, got you it. need you need like a hardcore because okay. your bacteria is so horrible up in your in your urethra. That you need something IV. So that's okay. five. So All right, let's go do ahead, it. Go ahead, Cheryl. Okay. You rate this I give it a four and a half. So phosphomycin. Um, and a half. Amicacin. Okay. Yes. Okay, so we're sure. Uh, so you said in the very beginning episode that if a book is life-changing, you do it a five. I don't know that this book is going to completely change my life. I know the time's running out, Cheryl <laughs> I don't know what's going to completely change my life, but I did have to stop and think about my life and how I would treat the Kayas that come into my life. Okay. So I'm going to say a five or a 4.5. Seven five. That's not a thing. But four point five or five. Four point five. Or okay. Seven five. You, there's no like middle ground. A five. You I'm gonna weirdos. do it at five. It's All right. Like so it. anyway, my my rating is gonna be a phosphomycin. I'm a four. Okay. okay. I really, really, really enjoyed this book. I really did. Um, for me, it's, I don't know if it's one that, um, I'm going to remember for always, uh, to be honest, but, um, Would you recommend it to other people? I would definitely recommend it. So that it's definitely, it's a strong four. And if we had half systems, which we don't, if we did, (laughs) I would give it a four and a half. Don't tell me how to live my life. (laughs) Shut up. So yeah, I have to round down. So well, in that course. case, I give it an Emma Kaysen. Woo! Okay, fine. So you give Emma Kaysen, I get Phospho, and you <laughs> did. Did you just dump white all over yourself? Oh, did. <laughs> just a little bit. Okay. Um, I think this is a strong, I think in, on total, it's a strong Phospho. So it's a four and, and a half. Because she did yeah, a five, yeah. I did a four and a half, you there's, did a four. There's no half. So, so four and we'll a half. So we'll say a strong <laughs> Four and a half. So it's a four and a half. It's a four and a half, yo. It's a strong phosphomycin. There's no half of phosphomycin. There is always half. Let's try phosphomycin, and if it doesn't work, we'll have to put in some animal. Okay, but okay. So we got the IV line ready for the case. is what you're saying. Yes. Okay, well, I loved it. So quickly tell us. We have a minute left. Sorry, what our next book is. Wait, so Mike, shut up, Cheryl. My next book (laughs) is going to be Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. My pick. Anxious People. Yeah, my, it's it's called Anxious People by Frederick Bachman. Anxious People. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) looking at real estate isn't usually a lie for the situation, but an apartment open house becomes just that when a failed bank robber bursts in and takes a group of strangers hostage. The captives include a recently retired couple who relentlessly hunt down fixer-uppers to avoid the painful truth that they can't fix their own marriage. I can't and then other you. things Read and stuff. Slower. I understand. Um, well. <laughs> so anyway, basically, you get to know these different characters. So this is my pick for this Oh, it's like time. a comedy of errors, kind of. Yeah! Oh, yeah. I like it. It's okay. fun. And okay. I read fun. some of his other books, and I really enjoyed them. So It'll um, be fun. Okay. Well, well this. thank you so much.
to everybody for joining. We hope that you yes. love this episode. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Drug Dealing Bookers. And we're listed on Google and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher mm-hmm. and just Anchor and Spotify. Google us and, and we can, you can figure out where to We love to fan us. art. We love fan comments. We love suggestions. We love messages. We love wine suggestions and everything yes. else that you want to give us. Know. 